Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Hi, Joey. <laughs> we have Paul set aside to turn those fire alarms off, should they go. Now we don't know what to do if they do go off. Do you just sit there and go, no, 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 it's fine, it's just a match? <laughs> or I go, well, maybe it isn't. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, church. You know, I couldn't think of a better place to do life. To be honest with you, I, we just love you guys. We love church. Uh, we love the life that God has given us and the family that he has given us. And I think it's such a privilege um, to just have such great family and uh, when Cheryl and I moved to Scotland over 20 years ago now, um, we came here and uh, I was just thinking about our team. Most of our team we've known for nearly 20 years. And um, Ruth had only just turned 20, I think, when we met you. And uh, it was a long, that was a long time ago, Ruth. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we won't say what age you're coming up to, but people are doing the maths. And... Uh, <laughs> and um, so, but you know, it, it is so wonderful to be a part of such a wonderful family and to, to stand with you uh, and to acknowledge what God is doing in our lives and to acknowledge that He has a plan for us and to stand with one another and to champion. I just love championing your cause and your faith and, and seeing what God has got for your life. It's been such a privilege to, uh, to, to stand with other uh, young men and women and see them grow to, to stand with other fathers and to, to stand side by side. Sometimes as a father you need somebody else to... Um, my microphone is falling down, is it? Thank you. Um, so you actually sometimes as a dad you need other dads standing with you just to give you that encouragement how to get through the more challenging seasons of family life and, and how to get through all of those things. And you know one of the beautiful things about... Uh, fathers um, is that fathers have this sort of innate thing about them that they need to protect and they need to provide. It's, uh, the, the, the desire of a man is to be very protective uh, and to be one who provides, one who provides a, uh, a safe place. And particularly, it's amazing how you get these young men, and we've seen young men come through the church, and, and they're just full of all the, the things that young lads and men are, are full of. But the moment you see them get married, and then they become dads, then it's like they've got a baby in their arms, and it's like, back off, I've got the baby. <laughs> And uh, yeah, suddenly everything's a danger. Before they were willing, they were the ones creating the danger. And, uh, and now everything else is a danger and you must keep away. I have baby. And they become very protective. But well, one of the things that I think that fathers, um, above all of those things, is the, the need that a father has to give, perhaps often forgotten, is what a, a father has to give is identity. And fathers give identity, and identity is something that we inherit from our, our parents, but something that a father has is, is what forms within a child is, is, 
It's what is in them. And as fathers, we give to our children. We give them their confidence. We give them their opinions and their attitudes. And their, the, we set in motion their, their emotions. That we set in motion the, the, the way that they will look at life. The way they will challenge and question. That they, the way they will inquire. The way they will believe about themselves. The way they will develop relationships. And the way those relationships will unfold are because of what they take from their father. And fathers are, are often looking going, oh my word, really? <laughs> and, but at the same time, it's good for fathers to know what it is that they give. And the Bible says here in, the Bible says here in, in John's Gospel, chapter 5 and verse 19, it says, So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. And you know, here is a... Here is a, uh, a story of what Jesus is saying, how Jesus is explaining his dependency upon his dad. Um, we look at Jesus and... Because we know that Jesus is the Son of God, you kind of think, well, you know, Jesus, he's God, right? So if Jesus is God, he can do what he like anyway. So if he's the Son of God, he's confident, he can walk around, he can tell demons to nick off, he can tell sicknesses to leave, he can walk on water, you know, he, he could do anything he likes because he's God. I mean, when you're God, you can do anything, right? And so, but Jesus is saying, listen, I am son of my father and so I do what my father shows me to do in other words I draw my confidence my strength and my direction from my father and fathers are what God creates that our children may have something to inherit that they may look at life and know how to tackle it how to face life and how to go through all of those processes Jesus um He found his identity in his father. And you know, I think identity is one of those things which um, uh, has been kind of made into a very shallow experience in today's society. People, um, perhaps probably since the 60s or so, this, this coined a phrase saying, I'm going to find myself. Which I think is possibly the most stupid thing that you hear because you've already got yourself. I got to find myself. They probably go to Kathmandu. And uh, they climb a mountain and they look across the view and they go, I found myself. Actually, no, you didn't. You just lost yourself somewhere in the Himalayas. And, uh, <laughs> and probably the only thing you actually found was a very large credit card bill when you got home. And, uh, and because you forgot to uh, switch off data roaming, a large mobile too. And, but you know, people go on this sort of journey. I, I want to find myself. I, I need to rid myself of, of things that are influencing me that I might find myself. Well, I want you to know that who you are is formed by the relationships that you have. That 
We are born with the DNA of our, our parents and our, our parents' DNA is something which we are born with. But the, the, the nurturing that goes on in our life is what enables us to draw confidence and it's what actually enables us to make shifts and changes to our own life, our own natural personality. It may be that you were may, maybe naturally a timid person but because of the confident people that you hang out with, you find you have confidence. If you say you want to find yourself, well, if you are by nature a timid personality, well, then you're going to find timidity. But actually what you need to do is find people who have strength that you might have strength. See, God created us that we would not stand alone, but that we would stand together and that we have confidence. You know, my father, he was a, um, I've often spoken about my dad, he was a, he was a very quiet man. Um, quite very shy in public, just like me. <laughs> and, uh, and yet, as a father, he had an incredible amount of influence upon my life. He, his character, so instinctively different to mine. Uh, my dad, um, I was always, even in a, I was the youngest of six and uh, being the youngest of six, you grow up with a, a certain amount of confidence. There's a lot of boisterous life in a big family. And uh, for those of you who, who've seen the big families of the house, you, you, you begin to notice there's a dynamic in big families that's not so much in small. And I was one youngest of six. And you kind of, when you're youngest of six, you, you kind of got to look after yourself. In that sense, you've got to fight your own corner because your brothers and sisters will take you down. And... <laughs> And so there is a, there is a, there's a, there's a jovial kind of joking and teasing and, and all of those kind of things. And I found that it was kind of the making of me. My personality thrived on that environment, thrived on the teasing, it thrived on the, the fights and the bullying and the, the fact that I had to fight back and I thoroughly enjoyed those. But my dad was the opposite of all those personalities. He, he withdrew from the crowd. Whenever there was a, uh, people would come round, my father, he would just sit quiet in the corner. He wasn't a, he wasn't a, a, a chatty man. He, he, had, um, he had just a few words to say. They were always, but he's one of those quiet, profound characters uh, and, and here's the thing about my dad, right? Regardless of how different I was to him or am to him, I am still his son. You see, I've met many people who, who they come into church and they go, I don't think I could be a very good Christian. I don't think I could go to church here. I'm, I'm not good enough for God. But here's the thing, right? If you evaluate your relationship with God, like I would evaluate my relationship with my father. My father was a, was a genius craftsman. He, he could um, turn the most awful pieces of wood into the most profound pieces of furniture. He could take furniture damaged in fire and make it so exquisite and beautiful and give it back to the owners as if nothing had ever touched it. He was an incredible craftsman. And while some people have said, oh, Kevin, you can make furniture, I, I honestly don't believe myself as a craftsman. My father, the skill set that my father had never transferred to me. <laughs> and it, it never did. My brothers, they have it. I don't. 
And uh, which is why when I, we worked together, I sold the furniture, Dad made it. And uh, I could sell it. Oh, no problems. I could, sell, I could sell snow to Eskimos. I want you to know that... I want you to know that the skill set that was in my dad did not transfer into me. But here's the thing. Just because I was not like my father did not mean that I was not my father's son. I want you to know that, that in God, God is God. You will never be like God in the sense of His perfection and you will never measure up to His amazement, His beauty or His wonder. You will never match any of those qualities. But I want you to know this. You are still His child. You are still His son. You are still His daughter. Because it's not measured by skill or is it measured by behavior. It's measured by who you were born into. God created you, therefore He is yours. And you are His. It says in the book of Ephesians, and it says in Ephesians chapter 21, it says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Here's the thing. You'll be amazed that, see, fathering has an impact on the way we think and the way we behave. So my father's skill sets never transferred to me because they weren't written into my DNA. That wasn't my natural ability. But there are things that I find as I, knocking on the door... (laughs) Um, <laughs> yes, that's old. And as I'm, as I'm passing through my life, I remember my father and I remember the things that he used to do and I find myself doing it. Even though he passed away six years ago, I still find myself, I'm finding myself doing things that I've never done before that my dad used to do. As I get to the age that he did when he was that age, I'm like, where did that even come from? He passed away six years ago. How is it these things happen? And yet I find that, you see, my father, there was a way about his life. There were things that he would do that I find myself doing. He, He couldn't walk through the kitchen without putting the kettle on. Cheryl will often say to me, Kevin, what are you doing? I'm putting the kettle on. Are you making a cup of tea? No. Why are you putting the kettle on? Well, just in case. I can't go through a kitchen without just put the, put the kettle on, warm it up. You never know. Dad couldn't leave the house without making a quick cup of tea. We could all be late for school, but Dad is there. We used to have an old arga and a kettle and clunk, you would hear it go. And then you just, it would just, he would just give that kettle a stir and he'd warm up and then it would be a quick cup of tea and he'd be out the house with a cup in his hand. I can't tell you the amount of times I'm driving the, driving the kids to school, going out the door on a cup of tea and it's all spilling all over my lap as I'm driving going, I don't even know why I'm doing this. <laughs> it's not even the most pleasant way to drink tea. My, my father, he couldn't walk past my mum without a quick kiss or a cuddle. He couldn't go past without that affection and that relationship. Well, enough said about that, the better. <laughs> it, 
It is amazing how fathering makes an impact upon your life. But here's the thing. You've got to be in the proximity of a father for the father to make impact upon you. Here's the thing about Father God. We can often think about Father God and we can often feel estranged. We can feel like not connected. But you've got to be in the proximity of God to receive the nature of God. Here the Bible says you've been born... Ephesians, let me read Ephesians 4.21 to you again. It says, since you have heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. In other words, since you've heard about God, why don't you walk away from the independence of life without him and come to a life with him? If you do that, you'll find the benefit of what it means to live with him. Because To know about him and to hear of his truth, but not to live in his house, is to literally just taunt, it's to to torture yourself, knowing that there's there's a life that you could live, but you're not living in the place where you can receive it. Sharon and I just came back from Venice. We were working over there. It was a it was a conference. And we were working. It was very hard going up and down the boats, walking through past the coffee shops and uh, in all of that work. And so we were in Venice as part of a leaders' retreat with the uh, national executive. Uh, and uh, while we were there, um, we were going around and we were looking and there are lots of hotels and beautiful places. And we, we walked past some of the most extraordinary hotels. There's an island called uh, Lido and, uh, or Lido. And uh, it is uh, it's out, out on the outer edges of Venice, uh, beautiful um, island with beautiful beaches. And there's the most extraordinary uh, hotel there, just absolutely stunning. And we looked at the outside and went, went, wow, that is beautiful. That must be amazing inside. But we never went in it. We just walked past it and then we got back onto our hotel, which was nice, and we went on Google to find out what it looked like on the inside. And we just tortured ourselves. Because we looked at the beauty of what was inside, but we never participated in that beauty. We never took part in, in what was going on there, because even though there was an invite that just simply it was a new, brand new hotel and it was... It was uh, it was done in a, a beautiful um, sort of 19 sort of uh, 30s style. It was just stunning, and it was a uh, very retro. and And they were inviting people to come in, but we never went in. Uh, and I want you to know that there is an invite for your life that says, if you want to know the beauty of what it means to have God to father your life, then then you've got to come into the invite and spend time with Him, and then you can get the benefit. If you live your life away from him, it's not surprising that you feel the distance that separates like you do with old friends. How many of you have got old friends you haven't seen for 20 years? You haven't seen for 30 years? We've all got friends and, and we call them friends because they are our friends. Nothing has happened in those 20 years to say that we're not friends. So therefore we must be friends. But when you meet them, you kind of look, hi, how are you? How's the children? Great. And then there's no conversation to be had after that because you've not shared anything together. It's like you left looking at them going, you were my best friend, but I don't know now what to say with you because our life experiences are so different. And we can talk about, oh, we did this or we did that, but it's like speaking to someone who's familiar yet a stranger. And so there isn't that 
We, we're not sharing our life experiences. Yet when you come together with people who you're with on a regular basis, oh, the joy of just sharing those precious moments, those little in-jokes, those, those thoughts and desires, and the conversation flows between you because there's relationship. And, you know, I want you to know that, that God wants us to know Father. He wants us, you know, Father is His first name. Father is His first name. God the Father. God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Father is His first name. And because it's His first name, there is a, there is a place in which we are to come back to God. It says in Ephesians, and we're going to read from verse chapter 4. And verse 23, it says, Instead, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Here's the thing. The life of God works invisibly upon our life. My father's skill set, even though my father trained me in the workshop, I remember his hands over my hands working those old wooden planes across the wood. And he stood there and he helped me just plane away, learning how to get a straight edge learning how to plane, learning how to joint, learning how to cut dovetails, learning it. He taught me all of those things, but the skill set never really went in. It never, I never really kind of acquired it. Yet, the invisible nature of my father, his strength, his stubbornness, his determinedness, his, his worship, his love of God, he would carry hymns in his heart he learned from a child, and he would keep them for 40 years just for that special moment. And then he would recite them to you. And you'd be like, where did that come from? Oh, you know, I've known it for a long time. And he wouldn't have said it once. He, would, he, he had jokes that he would hear, he heard as a child. And then he would tell it once in his life at probably age 50 or 60. He's been waiting for the moment. <laughs> if I get a joke, I go around telling everyone. <laughs> the tragedy is, and normally I get around third time, they go, yeah, we've heard that before. <laughs> go and find another one <laughs> the nature of my father is so different yet I discovered my identity by the invisible nature of his strength as it touched my life I want you to know that the invisible nature of God as you worship him as you spend time with him it burns upon your soul and it reaches into your heart you find yourself responding instinctively in ways you could not have imagined that you would have in times of pressure, when you would have gotten angry, you discover that there is forgiveness and peace rising in your heart. And you go, where did that come from? It came from that place of worship when you stood and you worshipped with God in the house on a Sunday morning. It came in that place when you spent time praying with your friends, when you stood in agreement with others. You came into a place and you put on the nature of God without even knowing that He was around you. This is how we discover God our Father. There are many things in life that are trying to father you. Many things in life that are trying to draw you away and spend time with you and to make your life not your own, but the nature of what it is that's driving it. There are many things in life, many things in media, many things in society, many attitudes that sweep through society, many thoughts and opinions. But I want you to know this, God... 
as you give him the attention that is due as father, his life will envelop yours and you will discover who you're truly called to be. Just simply as you worship him, the invisible nature of God will burn upon your heart and his truth and revelation will draw you to the son Jesus Christ and you will know that even though you have sinned and fallen short of his glory, you've sinned and even though you have failed, you have not lost your sonship for he has called you by name and he has forgiven you of everything that you have done as you worship him. You'll discover that you are never being rejected. God has not rejected a man or a woman who comes to him. I want you to know that he really is our father. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.